on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in a cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. What is up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realists. Say goodbye to the lies, the fakeness, and delusions of modern society. Welcome to motherfucking reality, guys. Today we have Q and AF. A little midweek Q and AF. I was going to do a real talk, but... I was just feeling Q&AF, man, so we're going to throw it at you. Right right over this way. You catch it? Yeah, I caught it, man. Yeah. I caught it. Uh, like I caught AIDS. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> that was so left field. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on with the show. <laughs> this is how this works. You guys ask questions and we answer them. Typically, this is about <laughs> this is about personal development, winning, business, life, success. Uh, sometimes we talk about what's going on in the world. You can ask ask really whatever you want, and we'll answer the questions. So, uh, for those of you that don't know, uh, the backbone of this show was the MF CEO Project. It was the number one entrepreneurial podcast in the world, and so we like to keep that that part of the show alive through these Q&AFs. So if you want to submit a question, you can. You can do so a couple different ways. The first way is... Guys, you can email those questions into askandy at andyforsella.com. Or you can go in the comments section of YouTube and you can type out your question in the comments and we'll answer from there as well. Uh, other times you tune in, we're going to have CTI. CTI stands for Cruise the Internet. And ironically, the Internet does not like to be cruised by us. So those shows uh, really need to be shared out. I need your help there. All right, we get throttle, banned, whatever you want to call it, all the time there. Um, so we need your help sharing those. Other times we have real talk. Real talk is just five to twenty minutes of me giving you some real talk. Then we have seventy-five hard verses. That's where people who have completed seventy-five hard come on the show and talk about how their life was before, how their life is after, the progress they made, and how you can make the same amount of progress. If you're unfamiliar with 75 Hard, it is the world's most famous mental recalibration program, uh, and you can get it for free. It is the initial phase of the Live Hard program, which is a sustainable lifestyle for those of you that don't understand the program. Uh, go to episode 208 and listen to it. You can get it for free. And if you want to know the ins and outs and nuts and bolts, you can buy my book. It's called The Book on Mental Toughness. It explains the whole Live Hard program, plus a whole bunch of other chapters on mental toughness, why it's important, why you need it, how to cultivate it, and how to use it to improve your life. Uh, other than that, we don't run ads on the show. You'll notice that. If you listen to any other podcast after listening to the show, you will be ruined because we don't stop the show 17 times to talk about shit that we don't use just because someone's given us a few Benjamins. All right, I don't like to answer to anybody, so I keep the show ad-free. And in exchange, I ask very simply that you uh, buy my shit and then share the show, which means pay the fee, mm -hmm. okay? That means share it. If it makes you think, if it makes you laugh, it gives you a new perspective, share it out there. Don't be a hoe. Share the show. All right. But first, a message from my sponsors, guys. We got yes. <laughs> this is definitely not an ad, but we do have this amazing new... First form energy mm -hmm. and Dreamberry. I haven't tasted it. Well, why don't you crack it open there? Yeah, because you do I a already live got the citrus. Of... I'm like, well, you got you're afraid of a little extra caffeine. What are you, a pussy? I'm balls deep in caffeine right now. I'm fucking pussy over there, man. <laughs> double up, double fist those energy drinks like a man. Do it. Yeah, get some more tattoos and shit too. Damn, that pop loud. Otherwise, too. you're not a man. 
You're just a bitch. <laughs> Holy shit. That's the first time I've that's the first time I've tried it. That's fucking good. Do you have you had one of these? Have you? These are fucking good. Tastes like dreams. Yeah. Tastes like berries. This is good. It's dream berry. This is good. This is a top flavor. This is top two, three flavors, man. This is up there with orange. You gotta aerate it. And tropic lightning. You gotta aerate it. Is that what we call it? Mm-hmm. Aerating the flavor. Activate the taste buds. Keeping the palate aerated. That's that's good. I think it's fucking phenomenal. I, I'd say I give I give that a solid. It's three. phenomenal, DJ. Uh-huh. You want? It's phenomenal, DJ. You, you, it's not just good. He wants to taste. Have you you want to taste my dream berry? It actually is really tropic. Good. Tropic lightning. That might be number two. But tropic lightning, bro. You can't. I don't know, man. That's fucking good. Not bad, Joe. Have you eaten ass? We're getting better at this game recently. Eating ass. He he tasted some of my dream berry. Oh, cleanse his palate with it. Mm-hmm. From all that ass. Anyway, let's get better today, guys. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> Buy this drink. It's actually really good. Go to good. firstform.com. You can get some, but probably not because by the time you look, it's going to be sold out. I like the can too. This is a sweet can. Yeah, you're welcome. You guys make great cans. First one has nice cans. Nice cans are a plus. <laughs> Everybody loves nice cans, bro. I'm just saying, you guys got the best ones. Yeah, I know. All right. <laughs> what? Hey, this is not CTI. This is professional time. Right. Let's get fucking CTI better. is fuck around time. Right. This is professional Stop time. Stop fucking around, guys. Yeah. It's, those, it's them. Fucking... Let's get better. Bunch of lazy motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's do the show. Let's get into it, man. All guys, right. Andy, I got I got three good ones for you, man. Let's get into this, guys. Andy, question number one. Andy, I'm a manager in my company. Uh, we have around 60 employees. I manage 10 of them. And our CEO is now implementing AI and has already cut and fired a team and replaced them with AI. He says it's for the longevity of the company and ensures the management team will be fine if more cuts are made. As a member of the Not A Ho Squad, I obviously believe that it's wrong and it's not good for the people. Any advice on how I should move forward? Man, this is such a hard thing to balance because Pandora's box has already been opened and they've created a hard, difficult economic situation where businesses are having to do. Well, here, look. Let me explain to you what I think is going on, all right? What I see going on is an intentional downgrade and an intentionally created hardship for medium-sized, small, and the smaller, large businesses, okay? Everybody who's not a global corp. This started in 2020 when they closed all the small businesses and they allowed the bigger companies to stay open and swallow up all that business, okay? And the residual effects of that have been real. Like, if you drive down the street of any, you know, city, you're going to see restaurants that used to be there that are no longer there. And some of them were there for 100 years, okay? We could go on and on and on and talk about the, the damage that was created there. But if you look at what's going on in the big picture, and we look at how the money is intentionally being devalued through overprinting, uh, sending the money overseas, which is clearly money laundering if you guys are paying attention in any way, shape, or form. We look at all, all of this manufactured hardship that's happening in our economy, and in my opinion, the reason that the, the, the hardship is being manufactured 
is that it's going to force companies to implement AI solutions to trim their labor force, which puts more of the employees in the government dependency class, which is ultimately their goal. Their goal is to create a class of people who are completely dependent on the government. And they're trying to sell this to people in a whole bunch of different ways. You know, it'll be great. Universal basic income will take care of all your needs. You won't have to own anything. You'll be super happy. They tell, they're telling everybody all this shit, but nobody's buying it, right? Mm -hmm. So when you try to sell something to someone and they don't want it, the next move is they're going to force it on you. And so what I observe happening in the business environment is the forced implementation of AI through intentional economic hardship. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. So for a company to stay afloat, a lot of these companies are going to have to trim their employees uh, and their departments and replace what they can with AI to reduce costs because it's yeah. getting harder to run a business. That's what you're, you're saying. Price of goods going up. Cost of labor uh, every, is going up. Yes. Everything's going up. So yes. the comp yeah, I got you. Okay. Yes. So okay. companies are being forced to adopt this technology. Okay. And what that does is, you know, the companies are going to survive, but it removes all the in-person jobs and creates that dependency class, which is what the people that are in charge of all this shit mm -hmm. intend to do. And so ultimately, what's the solution here? Okay. The solution here is to support companies as a consumer that employ actual human beings and do as much to create jobs and workforce as possible. But unfortunately, companies that do that are still going to feel the economic pressure. So there's going to come a point in time where a new balance is had, I guess, so to speak, or found where there's technology and people. And because people have jumped at every technological advancement for the last 20 years without thinking about it, we are now in this position where the technology is actually costing people their careers. And if you don't you know, understand what's going on, go look at how many people Facebook just laid off. Go look at how many people the big tech companies are laying off. These are people who showed up every day for years and years and years contributing to the development of this technology and now we're getting fired because of it. Yeah. And unfortunately, dude, humans are short-sighted and people are people don't think outside what the ramifications could be of something that's new and neat and convenient right now. And so the real solution here on a large scale is that the cultural uh, thing to do in America will have to be to support companies that employ real people as much as possible. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and I don't know if that's going to happen. And at the end of the day, dude, you know, people are going to survive. They're, they're going to make sure their companies survive. And this should be a real concerning thing for any employee out there and also any business. If you're an employee right now of a business, you should be thinking, how can I provide as much value as I can over the top? Because the alternative is you're going to be replaced by technology and you're going to be sitting at home and you're going to be capped on what you can get because no one else is going to be hiring either. No. All right, so if you're an employee right now and I'm giving you some real free game, the next two years are going to be crucial to your entire life because you're either going to come become an irreplaceable, valuable part of the organization that you're in or you're going to be replaced by technology to never, ever be able to move past the class that you're, the economic class that you're in at that point. So it's very important for people as employees to understand this because this is reality. And unfortunately, I tried to warn people back before it even came out 
many, many times, but it doesn't seem to be working. And we find these examples of these companies who are replacing their entire sales force, their entire customer service force, all on AI tech. And you have all these influencers out here, you know, bragging about how awesome AI is and how cool AI is. And it's putting people out of fucking jobs for real. It's ruining people's lives. And nobody's even talking about it or thinking about it. And it's all selfish greed. Remember how I said, I don't know if you hadn't listened, but two years ago, I told you guys that the way this would work was they would appeal to people's greed. They would, they would appeal to what money can be made quick and easy with AI. You know, I can write a whole blog post a day with no effort. I can do this and that and this. And that's what's happened. We have tons of influencers who are who brag about AI, who try to teach all the AI hacks, and it's ruining careers and jobs on a massive scale. And, and people don't give a fuck because they're making a little money right now teaching it. You see what I'm saying? Yep. So they appeal to the greed. It's now out there. It's like the genie is out of the bottle. And now you have this difficult economic situation where companies either have to adopt it or they have to get real effective with their work, with their staff, yeah. you know? But that's one thing too I don't think most people like think of. I think most people when they hear that and they see these business owners converting to AI, it's like, oh well that that owner's he's just a piece of shit. He just likes AI, whatever the case is, not oh, no. understanding that that's like, not that's not the case. A lot of them are like you're being you, forced to, to survive. Do it. Yeah, yeah listen, survive. dude, the economy right now, if you're in business and you own a company, you know. Yeah. Okay. Most Americans, the majority of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck right now. It's like seventy percent. Okay. Uh it's like, I forgot what the stat was, but a large percentage of people that make over 100K can't even make it between gaps in their bills. Yeah. Okay. Paycheck so, paycheck, yeah. Yeah, I, I covered the stat about a month ago on the show, but I forgot what it was. But it was considerable. Um, it wasn't the majority, but it was like 30 or 40%, I, mm -hmm. I, I believe. Um, but the point is, is that you you have to understand, we're, because the consumer did not discern when it came out, and say, hey, I'm not buying from a company that uses AI. Now we're in a situation where companies that are using it are able to survive and companies that aren't, aren't. Okay, so here's the, here's the silver lining, all right? If you own a company, people still want to deal with people. They want to have an over-the-top experience. And AI can't really do the in-person shit the way that people can do it. So you're going to have to be good. You're going to, actually, you're not going to have to be good. You're going to have to be great at what you do. Uh, you're going to have to connect with people. You're going to have to connect with them in a real way. And that will help insulate you from, from this. But at the end of the day, nobody's going to be insulated completely because if you want to look at what's happened to Amazon over the last 20 years, they've implemented as much technology as possible and they've become the biggest company in the world because there's no regulations around what they do. Yeah. You know, the fact that they have an entire, um, you know, their entire warehouses are pretty much automated and they don't employ people, but yet for the first 15 to 17 years of their business, they didn't have to collect sales tax. So they got a 10% price advantage over brick and mortar retail without employing any employees. The government gave them that. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? This has all been part, this has been part of the strategy for a long time. They, the government allowed them to do that. Understand, this is a this is an attack on small business, attack on medium business. They do not want the American entrepreneur to survive. They want all of those people dependent on the government and they want to pay you peanuts and they want you to be poor and they want you, you know, to be a little slave. And uh, unfortunately, people don't vote with their dollars the way that they should. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you should be supporting and spending with companies that 
Like, I know there's a lot of people listening that say, yeah, 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 and then go home and order from Amazon. For real. They go home and they order the most convenient shit. And so at the end of the day, what people say they're about is not what they're about, and it's going to end up costing them their careers. So to this situation uh, with your boss, I would I would probably say he's probably in a bind, and he's probably in a place where he has to cut some overhead, and this is his solution to do so. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have to figure out a way to create value out of your inhuman, your, your human workforce uh, that prevents him from actually having to make those decisions because those decisions, no one's going to sink their company on that principle. Like no yeah, one, yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to tell you this, this is just real shit. I employ real people. We don't use AI for shit like that for anything. All right. But if it gets down to it and we're fucking on the fence and if, we're getting our ass beat by everybody. We're going to have to make that change. And it's because consumers aren't valuing the good American companies that actually employ real people the way that they should. So it's a c- consumer cultural behavior change that's required that's not happening fast enough. Yeah. And that's unfortunate, dude, yeah. because it's going to end up with a whole bunch of people, working class people who are sitting at home collecting a, a, a very minuscule amount of money, um, not enough money to own a home. They're going to be renting. They're going to be, it's it's going to be apartment, you know, pod living on universal basic, basic income. And we could have stopped it by just saying, hey, I'm going to spend my dollars with companies that employ real people, like my companies. Yeah. For real. And that's not just a pitch for me, but you should be discerning about where you spend your money. You should spend your money. You shouldn't be spending your money with big restaurant chains that have 4,000 locations. You should be going to the mom and pop local business. You shouldn't be spending... Uh, you know, your money on a company like Amazon when Amazon, uh, you know, isn't like sponsoring your kids fucking T-ball teams and shit, right? You should be a little inconvenienced to shop at places that are actual companies owned by, you know, medium and small and, and small, large companies that employ real people. That's where you should be spending your money. And until Americans get wise to that, we're going to continue to lose this battle. And what's the, the ramification of it is, is that the entire middle class, working class people are going to be on universal basic income and be fucking like optionless in their lives. Yeah. So it's consumer behavior problem. Yeah. People, people say, oh, yeah, dude, I want to shop with this company because they stand for American values. And I want to shop with this company because they employ actual human beings. But then they'll go right on their phone and fucking order off of Amazon and not think two things of it. And it's like, bro, you're killing you're you're killing your own future. By doing that, mm-hmm. you're killing your own future by shopping at places like that. Yeah. And people just don't connect those dots. So it's a big problem that needs to be corrected. I love it, man. Guys, Andy, question number two. Hi, Andy. I'm a 31-year-old physician in my final year of residency training to become a physician. Um, I have completed 12 years of medical education. However, I don't know shit about anything besides what I've learned in medical school. And even that is questionable given the state of our highly unethical medical pharma system. I am determining if I want to specialize further in cardiology or finish my medical training this year and start my own medical practice. Regardless, I know I want to build my own medical practice either as a cardiologist or general practitioner when I'm done with training. What advice do you have for a physician with no business knowledge um, or experience outside of medicine who wants to build his own practice without the influence of the brainwashed pharma medical industry? Dude, first of all, I love this question. And the reason I love this question is because you're obviously a highly intelligent person. And most doctors are not intelligent. 
Okay, this is the truth. Most doctors think because they went to school for 12 years that they're going to come out and they automatically know everything about... Have you ever tried to debate a doctor on anything? Oh, fuck. <laughs> they, they're, they're, they fucking think they fucking know everything because they went to medical school to learn about intestines and the inside of a body, but yet they know everything about business and they know everything about politics and they know everything about everything. And it's a massive ego problem in the medical and law profession. And this is why so many doctors and so many lawyers end up going broke. So the fact that you understand that you don't know shit about business is a huge advantage over everybody else. Because most of these doctors are terrible business people, the worst business people. Okay, you can't get any better at something if you think you already know it. And that's what these people are like. So the fact that you are even open to the idea that you don't know what you're doing is an amazing thing, bro. And I commend you for doing that because clearly you insulated yourself from whatever ego disease these people have. All right. So so that's my first take. And uh, my second my second take here is how, how would you go about opening a practice or how would you go about being independent? I don't know the details of how you would structure that because that's not my expertise. But what I would recommend you do is to find other doctors who have done that and learn from them. Mm. There's tons and tons of doctors who have made incredible businesses out of doing things outside of the status quo. Okay. Um, Like Dr. TJ, Mm -hmm. my doctor, all right. Or Dr. Gabrielle, my other doctor. All right. These doctors have built incredible businesses, Dr. Twyman, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Incredible independent practices by doing things outside the box. So what I would do is I would start calling these people or getting in touch with these people, asking them for an hour of their time, taking notes, learning from their mistakes, and then start there because they're going to be able to jump you far ahead any advice I could give you right here on the show. All right? But just be open. Try to find people who have already been down the path, learn from them, and keep that humility that you have about learning when it when it comes to business. I'm 25 years into the, my business journey, and I still don't know shit. I know a little bit more than most of you guys because I've been doing it longer, but there's so much I don't know, all right? And if you keep that attitude, you'll keep getting better. That's the cool thing about entrepreneurship. You never stop getting better at it. The older you get, the longer you've been doing it, the bigger competitive advantage you have. Like, you know how many young people I see that think they're, oh, I'm doing, and I'm like, you're making all these mistakes and I can clearly see them, but do I interrupt them? No, because you don't interrupt your enemy when they're making mistakes, Hmm. all right? That's, you just don't do it, all right? But like, when you're an older person and you have experience, you can keep getting better in the game. And if you keep that attitude of, I don't know very much, you just keep getting better and better and better and better and better. And, uh, that, dude, I think that's one of the first times I've ever had a question from a medical professional uh, that no actually ego. admitted that they don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's actually going to probably be a, a real big move for a lot of them. I mean, we, we've seen there was a lot of awakening in 2020, right, with all of the stuff going on. So maybe there is going to be a bigger push to private practice and stuff like this. Well, I also see. think that – I also think that there's a demand for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. people don't like going to the hospital and they don't like sitting in the ER for seven hours to be told, you know, they can't even be treated. Yeah. And if they want to, like the hospitals have become a huge just marketing system. You know, if you go to the ER for a broken fucking finger, they're going to keep you in the ER for seven hours and then they're going to tell you we need to keep you overnight and monitor you. Yeah, for your broken finger. Yeah, right. right. And then they're going to charge you 100 k mm-hmm. Like, bro, it's a business and everybody recognizes that. Remember the last time I had to go to the ER 
And there was that young girl who was in there that well, was her six dad, years, the construction yeah. worker. Yeah, bro, it's it's not a real thing for the average American person anymore. And people are looking for alternatives. They're looking for people outside of these networks and these global corp conglomerate of medical mm-hmm. bullshit that uh that nobody can like operate with yeah well they're charging premium prices for bullshit service yeah that's the problem like i don't don't care if i gotta pay 100 grand yeah but i better be in and out in fucking 15 20 minutes fixed (laughs) i mean you know what i'm saying the thing is is like dude it shouldn't you know when you go in the hospital and they give you some aspirin and it costs you seven hundred dollars that's not okay and walgreens is right across the street. yeah that listen that is that is uh, the problem with the medical system and everybody's recognizing it. So I think there's a massive market for people that want to work outside that. Um, but setting up a practice and doing all that, all the same principles apply once you have it set up. You know, it's servicing your customers in an amazing way. It's making it remarkable so that they talk about it when they leave your practice. Word of mouth is always going to be your best top of funnel uh putting people, you know, in your top of funnel marketing that you can do. And that just requires you doing a great job for people going above and beyond and doing things in such a way that they can't help but tell their friends about. And those things actually, you know, if you do those things well, it's kind of hard to fuck that up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I would find some doctors that that you know who have done what it is you're trying to do. I would try to learn from them. If you if you can't get them on the phone, fucking pick apart what they do from the outside the best you can. That's all I ever did. I was just a student of all the companies that I wanted our company to be like. I didn't. I wasn't able to call people and talk to them. I just watched them and I dissected every single move they made and wondered why they made it. And I figured it out. And you know, eventually I started doing it. And then eventually we surpassed them all. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the and that's what we do now. You know, like when I look at companies that we're trying to beat, I look at companies and I try to break down all the moves they make. And I say, okay, they're doing this. Why are they doing that? Why do they do this? How do they do that? And I just become a student of these other companies uh, in a highly detailed way. And I try to learn everything I can about them, break it down, and then make a plan about how I'm going to go about beating them over the next, you know, 10 years. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's my advice on that, man. I love it. Man. Yeah, I like the fact that I like the fact that he's open to learning. Yeah. Like the, the, the ego problem with doctors and attorneys is absurd. And don't get a fucking Porsche 911 either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can own one, but not you. <laughs> yeah. Because that is the ultimate doctor car. That is the it. ultimate doctor car is a, it's not even, a, it's a low level, entry level Porsche 911. Mm-hmm. And then everywhere they go, they leave the keys on the table so that everybody can see the fucking keychain. Key you know, they park <laughs> in the fucking, they double park the car. Like, bro, that's, it's every single one of them do yeah. this. Yep. So it, 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 why, why don't you like real, real, real advice? Like for all you doctors, quit being douchebags. <laughs> I'm just being real. You know, when I go to the hospital, you know where I park? Yeah. I park in, in their spot. I park in, yeah, the, yeah, I park in the doctor you. parking. <laughs> I do it. You know why? Because I want them all to fucking know. Yep. They're going to be like, damn, who's that yeah, doctor? That's Look right. At that Porsche. That's right. That's right. I drive something that's going to shit all over every single one of them. And I park it in their spot. Yeah. I love it. You guys call me a douchebag all you want, bro. These people need to be humbled. It's a real shit. Somebody's yeah. got to do it. That's right. Yeah. Guys, Andy, our third and final question. Question number three. Andy, I'm 32 years old, uh, and I feel like I just woke up and realized that I haven't kept my promises that I made to myself back when I was 18 or 20. Everything is just meek and blah. I sleep to go to work. I work to go to sleep. And the problem is I feel like I can't really pinpoint where exactly I lost my ability to dream and make goals. I can't figure out where I messed up. 
And I feel like knowing that will help me uh, pick up where I left off. I know that the first step is to go, but my question is where? Yeah, any advice or thoughts on this? Well, nobody's going to tell you where you want to go, bro. Like, you have to sit down and make a decision. Most people fail their entire lives because they're incapable of making a decision about who they want to become and what they want to do with that. All right? They put more effort into deciding what they're going to do on the weekend than they do in their whole fucking life. And then they wonder why you wake up when you're 31 and you say, oh, man, this sucks. No shit, it sucks. Because the people who don't suck, they start thinking about that when they're 20. They start thinking about that when they're young and they put in work every single day while you're out partying and you're out drinking and you're out living the life and you're out doing all this shit. There are motherfuckers out here that are grinding it out day by day by day. And everybody out here who parties their life away, they look at those people and they say, why is that guy so serious? Well, you need to relax. You need to, you need to not take yourself so serious until they're 40 when that person is killing it. And all these people are like, fuck man. I guess, you know, you finally made it work. No, I was making it work the whole time, and you fucking made fun of me about it, all right? So let, let's, let, you're 31. You're lucky you're learning this now. But what you need to understand is that no one's going to make a decision about where the fuck you need to be but you, okay? So stop being a bitch and make a decision because eventually your time's going to run out, and you're not going to have a, a, an ability to even adjust it, all right? Time runs out. You do not have all the time in the world. All these knuckleheads on the internet that tell you, oh, dude, just, it doesn't matter what you do in your 20s and 30s. You know, you can, blah, blah, blah. it does matter. That's real shit. It does matter. Now, can you do much more, much faster now because of technology? Absolutely. But if you waste your 20s and 30s and you start at 40, do you still have a chance? Sure. Is it going to be mega hard? Yes. Because you're going to spend the next 15 years of your life at an age where you have a mortgage and kids and probably a divorce or whatever you got, you know, statistically it's reality sure. that you have to pay for while you're trying to do all this stuff. So when you're young and you're 20 and you don't have a wife and you don't have kids and you don't have a mortgage, you have a much easier time moving through the process of building real shit, which is, a, this leads to another thing. This is why all these motherfuckers that try to think that they got the game mastered because they know how to build a funnel. You guys are missing the point. You're trying to get to a point where you could drive a cool car. You're not understanding that you need to use that asset of, of skill, of building a funnel or social media, whatever skill you have, to build something that actually grows in equity, meaning a business, a real company, something that actually is worth something. So that way you're getting the cash flow and you're getting the nut on the backside. But you guys want to fucking follow all these dudes on the internet and just run around and fucking flash your dick around when, dude, really, your dick is fucking 0.1 inches long. You don't even know it yet. You, for real. That's real you know, shit. I see these dudes flashing their bank accounts on the internet like they're fucking crushing shit. Like, bro, you don't even understand. You're telling on yourself. You're telling on yourself. You're telling the world how fucking broke you actually are because there are levels to this. And at the upper levels, people fucking laugh at you. There's this, 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 this idea of getting rich in one week and, and we're going to kill it and we're going to crush it and I'm going to fucking floss around. That is, the, that, is, that is the quickest way to waste your opportunity into building something real. I'm sorry. You can have some fun along the way. But the real way, the real talk is, the real thing you need to do is you need to concentrate on what skills you have and then how do you use those skills to build something that's going to accumulate value on the backside. That is the game if you want to be wealthy forever, not wealthy for five years and then have to figure out what the fuck you're going to do.
All right. So, dude, the point is, is that no one's going to make this decision for you. No one's going to come around and save you. No one's going to do the work for you. No one's going to tell you what you should or shouldn't be. In fact, when you decide what it is you should or shouldn't be, everybody's going to tell you you're crazy. Everybody's going to tell you you're wasting your time. Everybody's going to tell you you're stupid. And you're going to have to be able to go through that. And if you can't go through that, you cannot win. It's impossible. All right. So make a decision. Say, I'm doing this. I'm going to become this. It starts today. And then take the next 10 years and commit every single fucking ounce of energy you have to becoming that. And I guarantee you, you'll become it. The problem is, is that people spend most of their life in this in this nether region where they're like, God, I'm just unhappy with what I do. I just don't like. But they don't change it. Yeah. Well, if you don't change it, what are you going to get? You're not you're not going to get the same, by the way. You're actually going to get worse. Because the longer time goes, the more miserable you're going to be. And the more shit you're going to have to pay for, which means the more dependent you're going to be on the position that you're in right now. So unless you make a change, unless you decide I'm going to be this and go do it, it's actually going to get worse. It's not going to stay the same. Because you can only get better and you can only get worse. You cannot maintain. Success is a sliding scale. The entire fucking game is getting better all the time. And if you're not moving at least the pace of the game of getting better, you're actually going backwards. This is why people who own businesses who decide, man, I've made as much money as I want to make. I'm going to take a vacation every week and I'm going to go to the lake house Thursday through Tuesday every single week and everything's going to be good. And then five years down the road, their business is out of business because they're not improving at the pace they need to, to improve to quote unquote maintain. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Man. So you have to be moving forward, even if you're trying to just kind of stay where you are. You still have to be moving forward at a slow pace. Mm. Otherwise, you're losing. So uh, my advice to this person is, dude, you're lucky you figured this out at 31 and not fucking 51. Yeah. Because at 51, there ain't much you can do about it. And yes, there's a lot of great stories about people who are over 40 that have become billionaires. I actually shared a story like that on my Instagram just the other night. But the reality of it is this. That's... The rare shit. That is not the norm. That is the anomaly. That is not the norm. Okay? The norm is people who take their youth and fucking dedicate it to their craft and show up day in and day out and day in and day out, no matter if they feel like it or not, that end up producing a great career, a great life, a great fulfilling existence for themselves. You're never going to do that with indecisiveness. You're never going to do that with indecision. You, th I, I firmly believe the, the reason most people lose in life is because of indecision. It's not because, it's not because they don't have the skills. It's not because they, they are incapable. It's because they can't make a decision about what they're going to do. They look at all of this stuff. I'm going to, I'd like to do this this week. I'd like to do that next week. I'd like to do this. And what ends up happening is they spend, a, and this is a whole nother discussion about it, because <clears throat> what ends up happening here, guys, is that the person who can't commit to a decision ends up repeating this cycle throughout their life. And the cycle looks like this. We're going to take this guy as an example. I'm 31. I don't like what I'm doing. I'm going to make a change. So he makes the change, right? And it takes three fucking years to even get through the transition process to where you feel comfortable and and, and competent in what you do, all right? But before that three years is even up, they're already like, this isn't for me. I'm going to try something else. So then they repeat this again, all right? Now you're six years in, all right? And you get to the end of that three years and you don't give it enough time. 
and you say, this isn't for me, and you make another change. And what ends up happening is people go three years, six years, nine years, 12 years, you know, 15 years, and all of a sudden, bro, they're 35 years old or 45 years old, and they're like, where the fuck did the time go? Well, dude, if you had just stuck with that first thing, think where you'd be now. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, bro, this isn't fun. Like, the, the... the idea that is spread on the internet of entrepreneurship being this fun thing that you get to do every single day or your career, entrepreneurship, is this fun thing that you get to show up every single day and it's just going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. It's going to make you feel fulfilled. That's a lie. You're going to have to work for a really long time doing shit that you fucking hate to ever get the opportunity to do what it is that you actually love to do. So you can't just quit things when they're hard or in, you're in that phase of it's very difficult or it's very frustrating or it's very hard because that's the phase where everybody quits. And you don't want to be one of those people that quits because when you start out, there's a thousand people trying to do, and I'm just making this up. Sure. There's a thousand people trying to do exactly what you're trying to do. And after three years, that 1,000 co- goes down to 100 because everybody quits. And this, most people end up being in that fucking you know, 900 uh, people that fucking quit, okay? And now you're competing against 100. And then three more years go by, and out of that 100, there's fucking 20, okay? So now six years in, out of 1,000 people, there's only 20 left. And then three more years out of that 20, there's 10, all right? And this is how you, this is how it works. It's persistence. It's, it's fortitude. It's grit. It's persevering the hard times. It's pushing through the times when everybody else quits, when things are frustrating and things are draining and it's sucking your soul and you'd rather die than take another step forward. It's pushing through those times that produce the greatness in your craft that everybody searches to have. And then when you become great at that craft and everybody else has quit, you feel like the fucking man. You feel super fulfilled because you're confident. You know what you're doing. You've been doing it for 12 years and everybody else quit. And then you're way ahead of the thousand people who are starting this year, the same path you're on. So those people are easy money for you. You just beat their asses. This is how the game works. So it's persistence, bro. This is why we talk about 75 hard and live hard so much. Because if you can't get better, if you can't push through when shit is extremely hard, you have no chance at winning long-term. Zero. Fucking zero, bro. I don't care how talented you are, okay? Obsession and discipline will destroy talent a hundred times out of a hundred. Every single fucking time, bro. So you have to become someone, and that's the good news. You can become someone who's obsessed. You can become someone who's disciplined. Those are things you can control. You can't really control your talent You can control your skill set, which appears to be talent from the outside after 20 years, right? Like people look at me and they say, oh, that's a talented entrepreneur. No, I'm a dumbass who's just been doing it a whole long time and I accumulated a bunch of skills and to you, it appears that it's talent. It's not talent. It's It's going out, getting my ass kicked a thousand times and learning the lesson every single time and not repeating it twice. And it appears to be talent from the outside. It's not talent, bro. It's perseverance, it's grit, it's fortitude, it's pushing through the times when everybody else quits uh, and and you're you're left as one of the few still operating. And this is the problem that most people make in their lives. Yeah. They never get great because they don't give themselves enough time to be great. So I know there's a lot to that answer, but at the end of the day, here's the deal. Whatever you decide, fucking decide that you're gonna do it for 70 years and stick to it. And eventually in 10 years, you're gonna be great at it. And then you'll have 60 years of awesomeness. 
That's what's going to happen. Yeah. But the idea of going from thing to thing to thing to thing to thing, this is why internet culture is so damaging to yeah, people. Because they get caught in that hamster wheel. Bro, yeah. it's the new thing this year. Mm-hmm. You know, it was fucking crypto. Then it was NFTs. Then it was e-com. Then it was this. Then it was that. Then it was this. Now it's this. And it's always this new thing. Bro, you'll lose that way. You might win today. You might win this year. You might win for a couple years. But eventually you're going to lose. You have to play the long game. What would you want to do? If you could do anything in your life for the next 50 years, what would that be? What would that be? Because whatever the fuck that is, if you're an entrepreneur, that's the company you should be building. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, not a short, it's not a short time frame. And we have a bunch of knuckle fucks on the internet that tell people bad information because they've never actually even really done it. Bro, real, real talk. How many people out here talking about entrepreneurship have really built a company? No. That, I mean, why are we not asking these yeah. questions? Why are we not asking these questions when it comes to building companies? How many companies this person built? What kind of, what, what do they do? How long have they been around? How many people have they served? How many employees do they have? Can I buy their product? How do they fulfill their product? How's their customer service? How's their actual product quality? What, like, what, do you guys not ask, ask these questions when you see all these people telling you how to build a company on the internet? Like, real talk. You should learn from people who have built shit, okay? And people who have built shit are all going to tell you, they're going to listen to the last 10 minutes or whatever I've been talking, and they're going to say, fuck, that's correct. It's, it's, it's fucking, the game is outlasting. The game is pushing through when everybody else quits. The reason most people fail is because they cannot commit and they cannot see things through the hard times. That's it. I fucking love it, man. Well, guys, man, that was three. Yep, go pay the fee. Yeah. Went from sleeping on the floor. Now my jewelry box froze. Fuck a bowl, fuck a stove. Counted millions in the cold. Bad bitch, booted swole. Got her on bankroll. Can't fold, that's a no. Headshot, case closed. Close.